Hi there. I'm Kanika in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm Sakshi in Dubai, UAE. We are friends from film school who found out years later that we were both really passionate about food and cooking, and we've been bringing you recipes and our thoughts on food through our collaborative blog Kitchen Postcards. We've got so much more to talk about beyond recipes. So welcome to the Kitchen Postcards podcast where we talk about everything from food, home cooking, lifestyle to simply being Indian expats exploring different food habits from around the world. Happy, Happy listening. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Kitchen Postcards podcast. Kanika here from Tucson. As you just heard our blog is built on a partnership across the seas. We live in different parts of the world, are members of the larger Indian diaspora abroad, but with one thing in common, that we are both Punjabis. The question though is, are all Punjabis the same? Do we eat the same foods? Do we cook the same way? And what does it mean to be a cook in this era? Do our regional identities even matter? There is a lot to unpack here. <laughs> This is the focus of season 1. which we are calling locating ourselves um in the first episode of this series we'll try to go back to our roots to join the culinary dots by tracing our family histories so join us there are a lot of surprises in store and let's start finding out sakshi yeah we heard you giggle <laughs> <laughs> so are all punjabis the same what do you think definitely not I think one of our professors I keep going back to him because he spoke so much about food in in college uh, during the classes but yeah like your mother's aloo gobi is different from my mother's aloo gobi and for us both this sounds like a beaten record but it's true not all yeah, Punjabis yeah. are the same not all uh, home cooked indian food is the same and definitely that that that's true for punjabis as well Exactly. I mean I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think uh we spent a lot more time talking about food in our masters classes instead of <laughs> the actual work at hand. Yeah, definitely. But, so did you ever think that uh back then that you would be that interested in food and be writing about food and now have a podcast about food? Honestly, no. Um I think food wasn't really on my mind. uh it mm-hmm. it it was on my mind in terms of i enjoyed food of course i always liked eating decent food and uh, my family kind of spoiled me with the variety of food that they cook so that in itself is kind of a hint at you know not all punjabi households are the same but i wasn't actively thinking about ki i ha- have to learn to cook or oh i should cook you know no not really mm-hmm. there was uh, beyond baking and making decent chai and you know when told making chapatis for dinner or when told doing something extra exactly told by I wasn't <laughs> right right i wasn't you know taking the initiative to oh i'm going to cook x elaborate this show you know i'm going to try and make something new and interesting today right. no not really i think it's a product of finally being an adult and being on your own so how much of punjabi food do you cook now like do you think everything that you make is very typically punjabi or so that's a, that's another <laughs> interesting and difficult question to answer because i think the simplest answer is 
I don't think in terms of is it Punjabi, but I think in terms of how was it cooked in my house. Mm-hmm. Like there's all obviously there are differences in how things are cooked in my house versus my husband's home, and so I just think of it like that because there were influences down the line, mm-hmm. like from my grandparents living wherever they lived, my parents then moving out and living, you know, having their own kind of movement based on work. So I think those influences have kind of impacted the way we eat. So it's I have uh, actually. So this mm-hmm. is another thing. <laughs> For the longest time, mm-hmm. I hated, or hated is a strong word, but I kind of disliked being termed Punjabi. Oh, okay. Tell yeah, me and that it. was <laughs> yeah. Why? This is unpack, yeah. Unpacking a whole different <laughs> aspect <laughs> because I never lived in Punjab okay. growing up. Yeah. Like for my association with Punjab was through just traveling back for vacation, you know, going to your nani's house mm-hmm. and going to my nani's house or when my paternal grandparents would be visiting our ancestral village because they also moved out for work. So they didn't spend their working lives in Punjab. Mhm. So for me the association of with Punjab was just that little you know those visits a couple of weeks here and there. in a year or maybe once in two years or something mm-hmm. so for me it was like okay i am not please don't call me punjabi like people would say oh you're punjabi i'm like no i'm not punjabi i am i'm a sikh and i live away from punjab don't call me punjabi cuz i think there was just this very large and it still is maybe we are breaking it slowly but there is a lot of stereotype you know stereotyping and caricaturing mm-hmm. of punjabis as being loud boisterous a little dumb you know and when you live outside of punjab that is what people know they don't really know much else correct and then mm-hmm. the santa banta and then the kush and kush one thing and you know just that so i'm like okay that's that's fine that's all very well but don't just blanket term me punjabi mhm now on the other hand i don't mind it at all <laughs> <laughs> no i understand like, like, even for me uh, when i meet people here and of course i meet a lot of indians here and they say of course you're indian but where are you from and i say delhi but if i say punjab punjabi then they assume that i am from punjab but i've never lived in punjab like you i've always lived hmm. in delhi noida to be precise right. which is a satellite town of delhi so but yeah why do you like being called punjabi now tell me <laughs> like in the sense that i think now i'm just taking ownership of the fact that my roots are from punjab so why should i not you know claim that label of course i am yes i am uh, i was born in a sikh household mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that i'm not equally punjabi or equally influenced by that culture Correct. i didn't live in the midst of it i mean i got so you know i and then the association is kind of stronger now because my husband grew up in patiala and you know he is from there and you know when we go back to india we are going to punjab and spending a lot more time in punjab so yeah i think it's just a little kind of it took time to understand that yeah. it might not be a derogatory thing or it might not be just a caricature or a stereotype you know there's a lot that goes into one identity yeah. and of course it's diverse so i i have i'm my own unique punjabi <laughs> yeah i think we yeah i think that goes for all cultures that way that we are 
uh, a certain version of that particular those kind of those people i don't know if right. that's the right way right to those people but yeah of all of all the different kinds of people that we are in the world of course we are all unique with their own with the, with our own permutation combinations and all that and we all have our influences like even for me um, i am punjabi but uh, both my parents from childhood to now have lived in delhi but uh, but my on my mother's side i find a lot of old delhi influence because of her maternal side and uh, from my dad's mm-hmm. side there is uh, amritsar they're from like my grandparents are from amritsar they grew up but then i think in their 20s or something when they got married they moved to uh, delhi so they they identify as punjabis from delhi and mm-hmm. that's a certain kind of uh, that's a very common uh, understanding of the delhiite i think that if you are from delhi True. or punjabi yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so that's interesting so you also have roots in amritsar yeah. i mean although i guess distant now Come on, we knew uh, that I, we've known each other so <laughs> yeah i have roots in yeah i have roots in amritsar yes and, yes and uh, but i mean there there might be even a difference there i don't know if they were urban dwellers or if they lived in the village you know in the uh, hmm, rural hmm. side because my and our ancestral house is in the village it's in a village that is abutting amritsar and so for me you know going and even experiencing amritsar was actually different from the amritsar of the chole kulche mm-hmm. and uh, you know for me going home was always in the village so i was fascinated by uh, the tandoors that would come up seasonally so my grandparents mm. would seasonally make a tandoor or and the pura clay and brick and you know usko lap karke mm-hmm. and then the pathiyan would we would collect them so we've dealt with all that tactile wow, okay. stuff what are so, pathiyan yeah so pathiyan are cow dung uh, oh cakes uh, dried cakes which mm-hmm. you use as fuel fuel yes in yeah so those and so that's that's actually my earliest memory of learning how to make a peda okay and learning the technique right at the side of a tandoor okay how do you make a good peda wow so I, yes i learned it from my grandmother and my dad's first cousin she uh, uh, i call her bua ji she lives in the village right next mm-hmm. to our my grandparents house mm-hmm. and she was married in another extended samra family you know okay. so um yeah so the, they i mean so though that is my memory of amritsar my memory of amritsar is not the typical chaat chole kulche mm-hmm. and uh, there's a very famous uh, eatery called quality in amritsar my parents i believe met there wow, just before okay. or after their engagement or something uh-huh. and wahan ke paneer pakode bahut popular hain pehle hote the ab okay. ab mujhe bhi nahi pata okay. i don't know okay so so for me it's not the urban food mm-hmm. for me it's always been the rural experience mm. of mm. you know actually uh and not the experience of the uh, amritsar of eating out of okay. calling for food of picking mm. up food no it's always been the other side which is you know uh, cooking everything at home mm. buying from the local grocer mm-hmm. and uh, even like kheton se whatever fresh vegetables coming from your uh, you know near in the village itself yeah yeah 
So that that's uh, that's my Amritsar experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I have only been to Amritsar twice in my life. I really want to go again. Uh-huh. Uh, and I remember my one of my first trips was for a wedding in the family, extended family, and uh, I remember having lassi and uh, chole kulche and the the kulche were karare. crisp mm-hmm. and uh, the chole were tangy and delicious and the lassi just put me to sleep <laughs> and that happened uh, i think that happened again when i went for another wedding as a child to moga which is a separate place another pind yeah. so that's mm-hmm. from my mother's side one of her cousins uh, children were getting married and there also i think i was in school when we visited and it mm-hmm. was we we ate food at the wedding and my brother and i we shared one tande wala glass of lassi and by the end of it like we were it seemed like we were drugged by someone yeah we out <laughs> we were we were seriously out so it was that heavy yeah. but it was delicious with malai on top and all that so that's what i remember yeah. from my experiences with my visits to punjab but uh, a lot of those uh, i think a lot of those influence seeped into our everyday food through my parents and my grandparents and what they cooked in the house so hmm. uh, and that's what yeah. i see right now like like you and i make moong sabut a, s- a certain way like you always right. put long and i remember because yeah I, never heard of that particular way of making uh, moong dal with lasan and uh, long yeah but i always make it like you know with pyaaz tomatoes ka tadka with jeera and hing and that's about it in ghee so right. so yeah we all have i think our our grandparents and our parents i think they have certain influences on our on, on what we ate during uh, while we were growing up and then that's what we end up cooking a lot of times but some people start food blogs tell me about it how did it start <laughs> <laughs> okay so before i go to the food blog part but i'm i'm going yeah. to just make a small comment on the use yeah. of tomatoes okay which which in our household is very limited guys when you do this and we go on another tangent here discussing the use of tomatoes at length we'll talk tomatoes some other time for sure now back to why this blog so why why the food blog well just a uh, um, accident i don't know happy accident i guess i moved to the us and you know wasn't really uh doing anything with a lot of purpose for the first few months or a year because it does kind of throw you in the midst of all these visa visa hassles etc hmm. so anyway so but i was i had to cook obviously and i was uh, finding my way around the kitchen and while i was doing that i had an older personal blog but not again it was not a focused blog and so just thinking about you know if i do have to combine the two like if i have to keep writing and if i want i'm going to keep practicing what i cook and improve my skills in the kitchen maybe i can combine the two and create a blog which has an actual focus and a purpose instead of being a meandering series of just my opinions thoughts <laughs> so yeah my thoughts those still exist but they are not you know frequent and they are not uh, the primary focus anymore of my 
writing or blogging so right. that that's just how it began okay so what do you and think then, of it now like did you imagine that you would be doing a podcast or no what, not at all what were you thinking when you started it that you would put down recipes that you're cooking on that particular day or you found that it was good and you want to share it yeah i think so uh, when it began like the whole idea of kitchen postcast was again it always began with the idea of a partnership across the seas so initially began with akta who was my friend from school yeah and the idea we thought we would do a little conversation she was living on her own trying to pursue her you know career Mm-hmm. so again she found herself in a similar position where she had to cook for herself and i was cooking for me and my husband so we thought you know that would be interesting like just a conversation about food between two friends and share something uh, worth sharing that we've made but over time it's taken a different life like when you came in again friend from <laughs> school sort of yeah like uh, from a graduate school so Yeah I think it's taken a different life of its own. Uh, I did not think it would be in this shape or form and I now wholeheartedly acknowledge and support the idea of having creative pursuits that are beyond your professional or you know life or academic life or whatever you're doing uh, uh that might earn you an income and whatever like you know because you need to sustain some element of creativity in your life as well right so for me this is kind of one of those creative outlets and i do it and i think it's really flattering when you see that people are actually coming and visiting your site <laughs> you know i think that <laughs> that encourages more action yeah correct yeah that's very heartening to see yes it is so yeah. even when i so i think i started writing i think my first post was 2016 maybe or 2015 mm-hmm. first i remember i did it seems like you've post. been here forever so i haven't even <laughs> checked <laughs> okay i think so i remember what i wrote first so i did a guest mm-hmm. post first which was uh, besan ka halwa which mm. doesn't only have besan but it it's one of my favorites so i i wrote mm. with that and i enjoyed myself so much telling mm. the world about this halwa that i love <laughs> i think then yeah. when i he uh, came on board uh, to write more regularly i think i started with dhabe wali dal which was so both yeah. things are very punjabi and i when i started writing for kitchen postcards with you i thought that i should write about things that i can vouch for and, mm. you know things that i love and things that i'm sure of so yeah. so that's how it started for me but you don't know how much it helped me <laughs> to keep my sanity <laughs> because i was without mm. a job then right and it wasn't yeah. until 2 years ago that i found a job in dubai but i've i've lived here 6 mm. years and it was only 2 years ago but yeah 2016 is when i uh, i think uh, started writing and that was mm. that gave me some sort of creative purpose and uh yeah. it was it was very very invigorating i think uh, uh the kind of things that we thought of that hey should we do should we write a bit about where this things comes from or you know a, mm-hmm. a particular ingredient or a dish or something and i i quite enjoyed it i think i finally started writing only when i started 
uh, writing for this blog i have mm-hmm. i've i've been a journalism student i've been a, a film student yeah. with you at film school but i wasn't ever making a conscious effort to sit down and write something and when i finally mm. did it i did for this blog and i thoroughly enjoyed myself Well, great. So thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> oh no. You're welcome. Thank you for joining because I think it it helps to have a team because then you push each other. Like yeah. you can get on each other's nerves also because you can keep because I I will keep texting you who you know what's happening, what's next or whatever. But, But it I uh, like that. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, it helps to push each other and and bounce ideas off each other, right? Like each of us thinks a little differently. Correct. So it it really does help. Yeah, I I am all for creativity. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I have learned that's one of the gifts of moving to a new country where you have to center yourself and find your own kind of place in the environment. You know, you may or may not make great friends, mm-hmm. but if you can find something that sustains you and your inner life and your own mind, I think that really helps. right that that makes me think about the question of identity like i remember even at film school we were uh, we saw a lot of we consumed a lot of films and all that that spoke of uh, identity and uh, what do you think of your own identity from uh, when you cook uh, like does that define where you came from and all the places you lived in and uh, does that sort of show in your in the, in your everyday food and your influences and i'm talking only of food because at the end of the day this is a i i think our listeners would like to know more about kitchen postcards uh, and uh, right. what we right. cook and what why we cook the things we do yeah no i i think so yes i think the answer is yes because uh, so since my parents and my grandparents lived in a lot of different places that kind of meant that we ate a whole lot of different things at home so yeah i mean i think the way i cook is definitely influenced by uh, wherever you know my family has lived and that's kind of seeped into my identity like my uh, food identity i mean i'll not go into the larger thing but it's been a it's been a very kaleidoscopic thing like our plates we were never served the same thing two days in a row So, for instance, let me start with breakfast. Like, it was never just uh, pranta, pranta, pranta every day. Mm-hmm. It was never just bread and egg every day. You know, like mm-hmm. my dad was in the army, so they do like some kind of regiment, uh, re- you know, regimented routines and all of that. And you will often find that people kind of stick to a really quick, simple, nutritious breakfast. So, bread and egg is very common. Yeah. It, uh, in my aunt's household, also uh, an armored thing. they do that whereas in my household my parents household that was never the case mm-hmm. and uh, so we were spoiled for choice but that choice comes from the influences of where they lived or where their parents lived so mm-hmm. you know my uh, parents uh, my maternal grandparents were essentially from punjab grew up there but then moved to himachal for their work lives so they lived there and my paternal grandparents dada dadi on the other hand again grew up in punjab and what is now west punjab in pakistan mm-hmm. uh, they kind of had this back and forth thing you know they would travel to lahore and my uh, grandfather would go to lahore and go to layalpur which is now called faisalabad mm-hmm. 
and my grandmother lived in kasur where kasuri methi comes from also for a few years kasuri <laughs> yes and jutti kasuri yeah yeah and jutti kasuri so she lived there for a little while as a teenager but eventually they moved to central india right mm-hmm. after partition they mm-hmm. moved to central india and in what is now madhya pradesh so they lived there mm-hmm. mp has a lot of influence with from maharashtra because they are you know they border each other so those influences have seeped in so you will find a huge variety and i think i've continued with whatever i ate so it's always that think of familiarity yeah i see that continuing mm. yeah and like comfort because i would rather eat what i grew up eating mm. then you know i'm happy to try new things and bring those into my uh, mm. repertoire so it has expanded yes definitely because now i now my identity is expanded to that of being an expat yeah, so not only am i right like not only am i a child of a army man who lived also like i also lived in a different part of the country i lived in rajasthan so mm. i have certain tastes of, for food from there mm. but now i'm also an expat so you know <laughs> identities are very complex and uh, i find that really amusing to think about because i don't have one place to point as home on a map in india exactly i have sev- several places that i can call home or associate with you know as places yeah. that i am familiar with mm-hmm. uh, and they all influence how i eat so what are these how things about... sorry go on Oh, I was going to ask you the question now. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you how about you? Like cuz you grew up in Noida mm. and your family is kind of centered around Delhi. Yeah. Even though they moved from Punjab, they moved to Delhi. Mhm. But do you think they only cook a few limited things or have they always been experimental and have they always been expanding their you know, again their repertoire of food? I think uh they would we did eat certain things more often and they were like recipes that were like our go tos for certain things like uh, aloo puri i said bedmi aloo we don't make bedmi aloo that often but aloo puri for a sunday breakfast was common i don't think my parents were that experimenting like they weren't that enthusiastic about uh, trying place trying food from all different places but like for my mother who was who would you know travel in a chartered bus and take that bus at 9:30 in the morning and then travel to the other end of delhi from noida and then come back around 5:36 and then had to cook dinner so i think her thing was to make recipes that were i don't know easy but mm-hmm. she would but i i won't say they were easy but they were she was so i think quick with the routine preparing atta for the next morning to make parathis and a sabzi or something so parathi sabzi was a very typical breakfast because my mom mm-hmm. didn't have time for any extra chopping right. thing or whatever so mm-hmm. she would have her vegetables cut in and she would just give chok to the sabzi and make parathis and the the tari wali sabzi from last night's dinner would be our lunch when we came back from uh, school so me mm. and my brother would come back from school my father whose office was not very far away 
he would come back for lunch to heat up lunch and <laughs> ensure mm-hmm. that we are fed and then oh. uh, have a cup of chai later chat with us and then go back to work so mm-hmm. that is what uh, me and my brother ate uh, during the day and when my mom would come back she would mm. uh, just sit for chai for some time and then get started again so i think she had yeah. her, certain recipes that she grew up eating in her arsenal <laughs> that she would bring right. out and cook uh every day and most of them were very seasonal things because she is a vegetarian who doesn't even eat mm. eggs most of mm. the uh non vegetarian things that my parents gave us were from my father's side to answer your question they were not very very experimental but they had certain recipes like my dadi would make excellent halwa or excellent kadi or uh, you know a certain thing so each person had their own speciality and they would make that for us and uh, my mother because of her colleagues and friends who were from all all around the world I keep saying all around the world all the time. What I mean is that my mother's colleagues and friends from her bus commute to work came from different communities from north of India with their own kinds of food influences and habits. They shared some great recipes and cooking tips with her over the years. Now back to our conversation. Uh when they shared their tiffin during lunch time and tiffin mm. I learned is a word that people from outside India probably don't understand but when they Yeah. shared their lunch packed lunch yes. which is what we yeah. in india call tiffin that is where yeah. the exchange of a lot of recipes would happen and that is where the new recipes came from so mm. like new chutneys or new kind of sabzis and all that those would come from my mother's colleagues who would who might be from different parts of the world but a lot right. of food was uh, either very old delhi inspired or it was very uh-huh. typically delhi punjabi food but Hmm. I must point out that and I I know you will agree uh, hmm. <laughs> with the fact that delhi food or indian restaurant food hmm. Hmm. is thought of as a certain kind of food that we find, that that anyone else in the world would find in an indian restaurant yeah. and that sadly defines for people from outside as indian food that butter chicken and you know a yeah. dal or whatever that's all yeah but there are so many different other kinds of food. right we don't really make that at home and you don't see yeah. those in restaurants you don't see karele ki sabzi in a restaurant <laughs> right <laughs> or yeah, karele or exactly oh uh, uh. No, so, that's yeah. true. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's what like uh, I was just flipping through Pushpesh Pant's India cookbook, and he says the same thing. Like, you know, Punjab one, like as you said, your mom's vegetarian, and uh, it would probably surprise a few people to learn this that majority of Punjabis are vegetarian. Yeah, correct. We are not uh, as carnivorous as you think <laughs> we are. <laughs> you know, we don't survive on just chicken and mutton. cooker cooker yes <laughs> chicken khurana <laughs> we are <laughs> we we don't mm. uh, for the longest time only now living in you know a, a very highly industrialized uh, place right. where food is industrialized do i have access to chicken as and when i need you know mm. raw chicken the supply is not difficult to find like it's easy 
whereas growing up you had to go yourself go get the you know uh, get whatever cut you needed go yes. to the butcher shop and you know request it it was fresh Now but it had to be deliveries so right right so it changes how you cook a little bit it changes of what you think as regular what you think as a treat what you think as special mm. but uh, punjab is highly uh, vegetarian very kind of responsive to the seasons as you said like seasonality is a big yeah. thing especially if you're a farmer and if you're growing your own stuff like in a section of your field or you have other farmers who are you have a mix of farmers right like some farmers will do grains because mm. of the land holding they might have whereas there are other farmers who will do vegetables mm. there are actually divisions of who grows vegetables and who you know and supplying so Yeah. When you have fresh produce available to you in your environment, why would you not buy that? And right. chicken and mutton is typically expensive. Used to be, hmm. it probably still is. It is more expensive than buying dals or buying vegetables. So Punjab is largely vegetarian. That's something that people you know don't identify with. And thanks to restaurant food, I guess, thanks to the popularity of butter chicken and all the tandoori chickens and all of that. Mm-hmm. Which know, is typically Delhi become... post-partition Delhi uh, food that was popularized by people who yeah. migrated after the partition and started their own businesses. So yeah, I think right that sort of defines right. sadly and hmm. puts sort of a limitation to or you know like we were talking of stereotypes earlier <laughs> about yeah six. yeah it's like a stereotype yeah. that this is what Delhi food is or Indian yeah, food. yeah, yeah, and I think you know. I think the great thing, like there's a definitely a benefit of having done, you know, the diaspora kind of having expanded across the country. Like the post partition, a lot of people came in and they kind of moved across the country, and they've uh, done great stuff. Like they've taken the dhaba with them, so they've taken, you know, they became truckers and they became, uh, but they also made dhabas along the roadside. So. that's expanded knowledge of you know dal makhani of tandoori roti <laughs> yeah but i mean if you look at dhaba food it's usually vegetarian food you know it's like right. uh, nutritious vegetarian food mm. which can be cooked and simmered for a long long time and the longer you simmer it the tastier it gets definitely so when you wrote about the dhaba like you know you instantly recognize it if you are a indian especially mm. if you've lived anywhere in the north Yeah, uh, you have seen plenty of dhabas along the roadside, so you kind of identified instantly with you know. यहाँ तो दाल तो मिली जाएगी और रोटी भी मिली जाएगी. You yeah. know what you'll find, and then the other Indian restaurant food. So I think they're all part of my identity, and I take them you know on with pride. But at the same time, I want people to know that we are way beyond. You know, there's a whole lot. There are many layers of cooking and many layers of things that people do. Correct. Which is not so heavy uh, on dairy or on fat, you know. We don't. Yeah, everyday Punjabi food or North Indian food isn't really rich. I remember. So I'm, for the listeners, I'm married to a person who is actually a Malayali but grew up in Delhi, and uh, so I was having this conversation with my mother-in-law, who's also not really. She never really lived for a very long time in Kerala. but her food obviously is very very malayali and i remember having this conversation about uh, north indian food uh, as against south indian food and she's like our food is very light you know like with rice and all that 
and i and i think i sort of we both had this conversation and we realized why these two kinds of food were so different because wheat was being grown on in 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 the north so a lot mm-hmm. of food was uh you know wheat based like there always there's always some vegetable and there's some chapati and mm. for the south i remember this conversation started with her saying whenever we make dal we put uh, some vegetables into it mm. and then that's how we have it with our rice and i said right. uh, we would make a separate dal and a separate ro- uh, uh, sabzi and a roti yeah. and yeah. Uh, we were trying to understand during that conversation why it was the way it was because we want something to mop up the parantas with so there is a separate sabzi and right. it's not like we don't have rice in in north we do have rice and mm-hmm. that goes so well with the uh, with the dal and obviously with you can dal. dunk your roti also in dal so i think we sort of understood also in terms of people's livelihoods about i think it was i won't say it was peasant food there was there different kinds of peasant food comes from different parts of india depending mm. on you know what is available there but mm. uh, a simple dal roti or mm. whatever i think uh, what i'm coming to is that uh, for for punjabis or for north indians if they want to ask you have you eaten food kya tumne roti khai hai that is what that is what yes. they Hey, that is how wheat yes. dependent or roti dependent or bread loving we are because that is what grows in the region and i think that sort of the rotis and parathas and uh, makki di roti and such things are sort of are an integral part of what we right. eat and but that's not the only thing that we eat there are obviously so many other things that we eat every day yeah yeah and i mean if you look at the if you look at india geographically anything north of the sayadris sayadris are the range that mountain range below yeah. that yeah in in no in, in like central india yeah so the De- you know the deccan plateau is south of them and this is the range that divides mp sort of right so i'd forgotten about all this oh hold on uh, i need to correct that i meant the satpuras not the sayadris which are actually the western ghats so they cannot divide the country into half or the north and the south it's been a while since geography class and you can see that well uh, let's get back to it if you look at anything north of that it is all a grain basket right so mm. your uh, the cent- central india is a grain basket mp mm. is a grain basket up also grows grains and of course punjab is the main grain producer So yeah i mean it's again a, a function of where you're from as right. to you know what you eat and uh, like rice for the longest time was a, again a luxury in punjab like my grandparents say that they barely ever ate rice when they were growing up you know they're all children of the 30s hmm. and so uh, they didn't eat it like it was you know you would get a little bit maybe and you would use it very conservatively only to make kheer or something right i was right? just like thinking of not... kheer when you said ha, that ha, ha, ha. yeah so it was a it was a treat it was again a special occasion thing rice was not normal as it is now mm. like it wasn't easily accessible but uh, yeah i think uh, everything that we eat is based on 
originates from the local conditions and then of course uh, as we move as we get educated get exposed to new ideas we are open to trying more things like right. you know the fact that punjabis love south indian food if you mm-hmm. want to go out to eat you're not typically <laughs> yes you you will go and eat even like restaurant punjabi food like you'll eat the mughlai food and the typical north indian food but you will also kind of go and cherish the crispy dosas and sambar yeah, and because things you can't do and all yeah things that yeah, yeah. exactly like my yeah. parents never really got uh, dosa batter in at home until much later and they right. weren't really keen on either they would just go to a south indian restaurant like a sagar ratna or a sarvana bhavan to have dosas if they're craving that yeah so, yeah yeah i think yeah. so it's so much like and i think now with things being available and i think with people experimenting a lot more with the, what they want to cook at home and not just order i think that also has changed so much and that also defines right. what we eat now so yeah i think we've covered a lot of things and so just yeah. to wrap it up and to give people a real you know the idea is to locate ourselves the idea is to kind of talk about our identities and how that influences our food but also to locate ourselves based on the history of our families like mm-hmm. where they came and moved from so i'm just going to count the places mm. and you can count them yeah. as well <laughs> i don't have so, much but yeah yeah but i mean i think <laughs> yeah so for me it would be uh, of course like amritsar patiala mm-hmm. uh then i would say like experiences in mp so tip bhopal maybe that that can be one city i can name uh rajasthan would be like jodhpur mm-hmm. my parents had a brief stint in tamil nadu in the neelgiris and okay. that's when we were ex- we even visited kerala and we were exposed to appam and like fiery red chicken curry oh uh and uh, then and a little bit of himachal I don't know if there is enough influence of the distinct himachali food maybe mm. that you know the palates uh, were a slightly different in the plains because himachal used to be part of larger punjab yeah but it is in the hills and you know we our families come from the plains so i'm not sure if they kind of picked up enough influences from there mm-hmm. and uh, and then last i guess would be yeah i think another interesting influence is uh, the services like my dad being in the army and then you know a little bit of other like my uh, grandparents having traveled they traveled abroad like my granddad did a stint uh, to study in germany so mm-hmm. they brought back some influences from there you know so my nani brought back a lot of baking skills mm-hmm. and you know she learned a lot of different stuff from there and then the army itself is very anglicized or used to be i i'm not sure what the current state is Mm. it used to be very anglicized and very formal in its dinners you know you Atticates you would have a three of yeah yeah kind of you would have a three of yeah. right three or four course formal dinners so i think those are the influences that i count <laughs> and <laughs> that's a very wide uh, gamut of uh, influences i would say like that's quite mm. a lot and mm. that's very interesting and I, i see that in the kind of food that you post about and all that that it you can't really say that you guys eat only one kind of food you i think i find mm. you very experimental with food and i think someone mm. said that also one of your friends who we met in delhi 
uh, last year they mm-hmm. said also that mm-hmm. when you're posting stories i know when it's kanika and i know when it's sakshi <laughs> <laughs> because i actually oh, based on the yeah based content on, yeah on the content because we do put a location tag on our stories but a lot of times you know some people might ignore that or we might miss yeah. the tag but yeah i do a lot of typical things like like i said my mother would make certain kind of things so yeah but but in terms of influences and in terms of places i didn't travel as much growing up i was all the time in delhi in noida but mm-hmm. uh, i can see where the influences came from so for my mother's side definitely which is the most which is the larger part of the kind of food we ate was uh, old delhi style food and mm-hmm. uh, then from uh, which would be like sabzi roti chawal dal and you know chole rajma all these things and seasonal sabzis achars chutneys so many of them and uh, from my dad's side very typically delhi very similar food though not very different from that because my grandparents also spent most of their lives in delhi uh, even mm. though they hail from both hail from amritsar yeah so from my from my dad's side more punjabi and non vegetarian food not to say that uh, non vegetarian food wasn't made on the old delhi side and i and mm. i should not ignore that old delhi does have the greatest of mughlai cuisine and right uh, yeah and niharis and all that but because that side of the family was vegetarian <laughs> i sort of missed out on that but yeah. uh, uh, besides that there was uh, uh, there was a slight lucknow influence because one of my aunts is from there and she is like the elder uh, sister to my mm-hmm. uh, to my uh, mother and her siblings and she had considerable mm. uh, influence so a lot of charts with moat and then charts obviously from the old delhi side and i also see that mm. the old delhi side is very up influenced so a lot mm-hmm. of food is very similar to up but then not as much like i still don't know so much about up food unless, until my my cousin got married to somebody who hails from up and she would mention dishes like matar ka nimona <laughs> which mm-hmm. i had never heard of i do i i haven't tasted it till now she's been married 18 years and oh. uh, she really raves about it but so yeah that mm. that part of family obviously has its own uh, kinds of food that they make but i still don't know much but i think old delhi uh, has some influence of up food of banaras food then mm. uh, then now that i'm married i'm definitely making more south indian dishes that i learned from my mother in law and mm. he shares with me uh, a lot of uh, recipes about kerala food and how to make fish mm. and i finally i'm finally making fish at home fish curry nice. and, yeah. and i like mm. it so so yeah these are the kind of influences i've had on my on the kind of food i've grown up eating and what i make right now great no and and the fact that your mom uh, you know like you mentioned she learned a lot from her colleagues mm-hmm. obviously from different places and that you live in a city that has been cosmopolitan for most of its history right so you would have been exposed to things beyond what just your family was cooking yeah But, i mean sure. i think yeah yeah no this is really interesting and then i think we might have a lot we can keep continuing <laughs> you know we can continue this conversation in More episodes, more episodes in the future yes, yes. and you know because there are uh, things like kachori you know up versus rajasthan i think we'll find a lot of interesting things there yeah you know and uh, even uh, stuff like we can look at 
actual typical amritsari things like vadis and mm. kulchas like how do we actually use them in our right. food now we even care and of course i want to learn more about just the old delhi food right like cuz uh, it is so diverse correct i mean it does have its own identity in certain things like the chaats are so famous and then mm-hmm. the, you know uh, the meetha like the sweets and the desserts there are influences there also from other parts of the country that kind of mixed Correct. and merged as it became a capital of mogal india yeah so i think there's a lot to explore there ஒன்றுல <laughs> yeah i i mean i hope this gives people an idea of you know how com- complex indian cooking can be like how varyedly influenced it is and how punjabis are we are way more you know our food is much more than just the butter chickens and the dal makhani yeah sarson ka saag i mean we love it of course we love it we own it don't you dare say anything about yes. it <laughs> And now that winters are here that is what we are going to eat we will eat it right but we eat a lot more beyond that and we cook a lot more and we uh, cook it very differently mm-hmm. so this season is going to be exploring you know we're going to continue talking about influences and we're going to continue to hopefully talk to other people also about how their cooking has been influenced by their life experiences Right I'm really looking forward to discussing this more and hopefully get more people to uh shed some light on so so yeah this is a nice chat thank yeah, you yeah absolutely and you have a great <laughs> <No>. day ahead <laughs> thank you you have a good night well and also just a quick note we mm-hmm. will actually post things in the notes below yes so you can flip through some archival images and you know get a sense of the geography of where we are from and uh, also pr- perhaps we list a few of our favorite foods that we like to eat and for those of you who don't speak hindi uh, the medium of our conversation has been english we will break into hindi once in a while if you need a clarification you can write to us and we'll try our best to list those words in the notes as well yeah hopefully this conversation helps other people learn new words to their vocabulary and yeah and about the kinds of food that we mentioned a lot of these recipes are already on the blog on the kitchen postcards blog so please do check it out and uh, if not if you want us to cover a particular recipe do write a, write to us and maybe we'll write a post about it yeah yeah, yeah i think that would be a good challenge <laughs> for us to do something that we haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, finally then. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. Bye bye.